0: Welcome to the Behavioral Health Collective Podcast, a community of behavior analysts who are passionate about sharing our science by connecting families to information that promotes meaningful behavior change. We are a community of practitioners who seek to empower parents by sharing effective behavioral strategies and evidence-based practices from the perspective of behavior science, while also advocating for better access to behavioral health services for a wider variety of families. Hi there, I'm Erica Ng, the founder of the Behavioral Health Collective. Thank you so much for joining me today. So at the Behavioral Health Collective, we talk a lot about behavior analysis, and sometimes you might wonder how it fits in with other professions and other fields. Maybe you're debating right now whether to seek out a counselor or a BCBA to help you with your child's behavior, but not exactly sure where to turn or what decision to make. Have you ever wondered maybe what the difference is where there overlaps, or how the field of counseling and behavior science can work together? Well, look no further, because today we have Dr. Katie Saint joining us from Wisconsin. She's a duly certified licensed behavior analyst and licensed professional counselor, who will share with us more about how these fields intermingle and work together to provide holistic care for clients who are struggling with behavioral and mental health challenges. Katie has her PhD in behavior analysis and provides individual and couple counseling to adolescents and adults. So she serves 16 and up. Katie has written college courses, speaks internationally on topics related to mental health and behavior analysis. Katie has published three books related to mental health and one assessment related to people's ability to live a fulfilling adult life. These are linked in the show notes, so I'll make sure they're all there. She'll also mention some books later on. Katie also has been published in several several magazines. She works with relational problems, transitioning through divorce, working through ADHD, PTSD, anxiety, depression, grieving the loss of a loved one, and other life stressors. Katie focuses on helping clients recognize and build on their own strengths to meet their personal goals. She does this by using a variety of therapeutic techniques, including the combination of behavioral, acceptance, and commitment therapy, and psychoanalytic tools. So let's listen in to Katie, who has this amazing, unique dual licensure and get her perspective on both of these fields and how they work and work together. Hi there, Katie. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I'm I'm so excited to chat with you about your amazing dual certification here as a counselor and a behavior analyst. And uh, yeah, I just want to start by saying I, I love your social media presence and just how you really make behavior analysis accessible, the science of behavior accessible to people by educating them with the, the language that you use and just how you break it down and really infuse that mental health component. So Yeah. Looking forward to chatting with you. Thank you for being here. Um,
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited for our So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's not common, I think, for BCBAs to have the clinical counseling as well. So you are in a really unique position. Could you maybe start off? And I just wonder if, you know, listeners might be wondering, what are the main differences between a behavior analyst and a clinical counselor? And what do those two services look like? sure
1: absolutely so a behavior analyst is typically going to just focus on behaviors and things that are observable and measurable so aba is most known for treatment for autism and that's where most of the funding sources go for aba but for mental health counseling that focuses more on emotions and depression anxiety those kind of things trauma Uh, Typically, someone's going to go to a counselor for those sort of reasons, and sometimes people don't know if they have a child with behavior problems and things like that, that they could go to a behavior analyst, Mm. but a lot of times when people have young kids with behavior problems without an autism diagnosis, they might go to a mental health counselor for that as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's certainly the case in our province, that if there is no diagnosis, then straight to the counselor. And, yeah. you know, I think you can get both situations there of someone coming into a counselor and the counselor may not be able to meet all the behavioral needs or someone showing up to be BCBA and not be able to address all the mental health needs. So, yeah, right. it's exciting to hear your perspective. Mm-hmm. So in terms of counseling behavior analytics services and then being a bit different now, you do both. So what does that mm-hmm. look like in your services, I suppose?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I love having both because I feel like it better equips me on both sides of what I'm trying to treat. So sometimes a barrier with depression, for example, clients have low levels of dopamine. So that means like their motivation is going to be really low. So getting them to engage in some of the behaviors that they need to do in order to get their depression to improve, requires some behavior analytic techniques of working on okay if your motivation is low how can we change your environment to increase Mm -hmm. that motivation you know how Mm -hmm. can we reinforce those behaviors that are gonna help you overcome your depression you know so each session kind of uses a little bit of both where Mm -hmm. we're tapping into those emotions we're looking at those internal events and kind of thinking about like, okay, what are your thought processes around this? And then Mm -hmm. using those behavior analytic techniques to get those behaviors established and maintained and all that kind of stuff. So
0: Mm. that's great. And I like how you describe behavior just as something someone needs to learn. Because I think sometimes we, you know, society, here's the word behavior, and they think of negative behaviors, but like behavior is anything mm-hmm. that we do. And so it's establishing yeah. these new positive behaviors for this client with depression or whatnot. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like how you frame that there. So what do your services look like? Do you do telehealth Do you do in person? Is it a combination? Do you meet with individuals or sometimes families? Because I know you mentioned you serve 16 and up. So if you have mm-hmm. teenagers, like are there families involved? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I do a variety of things. So I did not do telehealth until COVID started, but last March insurance companies started approving to do video chat sessions with clients. And for some clients, that's been really great for other clients. That's a barrier. And it seemed to make counseling a little bit less effective. It was harder for some Mm. of those clients to open up, but I do individual sessions and I do family sessions and I do parent training. So for example, one client I have has autism and an additional diagnosis of ODD. And so a lot of her behavioral issues, we need parent involvement. We need training on how they're going to respond to her behaviors and all that kind of stuff. So most of her sessions are her and her parents meeting with me. We create plans, we practice strategies, and then they go home and they implement those things and then they come back in two weeks or whatever. And we talk about it again. So that's one thing that I do. I also run some groups. So I do a healthy relationships group and some emotional regulation groups. And so in all of those groups, the clients, reflect on their values and they pick Mm. goals and then they make their own data sheets and they also contact each other throughout the week to hold each other accountable and encourage each other. So those groups are kind of fun and they work on social skills and stuff like that too. So,
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That sounds really all encompassing a group, like so many benefits there to be teaching the self-management tapping into their values using probably some of that acceptance and commitment therapy and then also the social skills component like that sounds like such a nice environment I'm sure especially for adolescents to have those social connections that's really cool and are those have those been virtual then as well
1: uh some of those are virtuals some of them are in person so it just kind of depends
0: yeah okay so a mix So for a family or an individual, could you expand a little bit upon when someone might need to seek a BCBA or counselor versus someone who is trained in both? Just if a family is dealing with, you know, what kind of issues would they be dealing with if they're going to, and who should they seek?
1: Sure, sure. So I think if a child is dual diagnosed with multiple things, seeing someone who has both you have severe behavior problems and mental health diagnoses, I think it would be really beneficial to have someone with both qualifications. But if somebody has autism or behavior problems and no additional diagnoses, any BCBA typically is going to work with that awesome. You know, so as far as mental health only, You know, if the client is struggling with depression or, you know, anxiety, sometimes, I don't know, I guess I'm really biased in that. Like, I love what ABA brings to counseling. Hmm. So, you know, I just think every diagnosis benefits from that behavioral component. So I guess it's kind of hard for me to answer. But both are going to be be
0: beneficial, you Mm -hmm. know, either way mm-hmm so so if someone is coming to you I guess I'm curious about what kinds of situations do families find themselves in like at what point are they coming to you like are they in already in kind of crisis mode or do you treat families that are coming in kind of proactively
1: I see a little bit of both and really like it's hard for people to ask for help sometimes and so mm-hmm. I think I see more of the family's been struggling for a while And now it got to an unmanageable point. And Mm. so they're like, okay, we have to do something about this. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's the bulk of the clients I get. Mm -hmm. But the clients who come to me proactively where they're like, hey, I'm just starting to worry about this. You know, this client I got this past week, the mom set up counseling because her son just made one like offhanded comment about killing himself. And she's like, it just made me nervous. He said he didn't mean it, but even just making a comment like that made me nervous. So mm-hmm. I just wanted him to meet with you a couple times, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was great because then he's not as severe into this, like really bad, like behavior patterns and like things that are really ingrained and reinforced for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, so you get quicker results if you intervene sooner.
0: Right. That makes sense. And I'm curious, just kind of going off that thinking about adolescence, I'm sure all the time you get parents that call you for services, but maybe the teen themselves is not super willing to go to counseling. Do you have any, you know, strategies or tips or tricks for parents if they're kind of in that situation where they're worried might not be a good situation at home to kind of get some of that buy-in from the young person?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That actually did just happen with that client I was just describing where, like, he didn't think he needed counseling. So mm-hmm. he thought it was, like, dumb, like, why am I here? So I love using ACT therapy for situations like that because mm-hmm. ACT is all about, like, what are your values? Mm-hmm. So, like, with, with that kid, I talked to him about him, like, hey, so that day where you talked about hurting yourself – Like, you must have been pretty miserable. You must have been pretty upset. Like, what I specialize in is helping that kind of painful feeling go away. You know, I Mm -hmm. can help you work through that and, and not feel that way and have a more satisfying life. Like, if your life could be, like, better, you know, and you could be happier, like, wouldn't that be cool? And, you know, like he's kind of started to lower his defense mechanisms then Mm -hmm. and started talking more. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, so act with like that values oriented piece. Yeah, that can really change motivation. That's for sure. And do you find that your young people are pretty receptive to, you know, talking about their values and accepting some of the activities that are act related, even in group and stuff?
1: yeah yeah so a lot of my younger clients you can't just ask them like hey what do you value like Mm -hmm. they don't know how to answer that Mm -hmm. so some of it is like helping them learn what their values are and Mm -hmm. a lot of times their pain speaks to what they value like you wouldn't Mm -hmm. be upset about that if you didn't value it so let's figure out how to build behaviors around that so you actually can have access to that thing that it is causing you pain right now because you don't have
0: it. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, You know, so I find that when we explore clients values and help them see and be more aware of what it is they care about and why they're so upset about certain things, they're way less defensive. We have way more buy-in and they Mm -hmm. see like why therapy is about them and about making them happier ultimately. So, Hmm.
0: That's awesome. So do you think you could share a couple success stories of situations where there was maybe some challenging behavior and, and some mental health issues? So you really were drawing on kind of both of your skill sets there with uh, some good outcomes.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had a client who was, had an autism diagnosis and he started cutting himself and Mm -hmm. he learned that like it worked really good his mom is single and she's a great mom but she works a lot to pay the bills and so she isn't very available and he just like craves her attention and so Mm -hmm. he learned that when i caught myself mom cancels work spends the day with me you know like that was so powerful to him and Mm -hmm. she was being a good Mm -hmm. mom you know so it, it stinks that that reinforced such a dangerous problem behavior. Mm-hmm. But he struggled with depression and things like that because he missed his mom. And so there was just all these layers that were not just like a behavior problem. You know, it was more complicated mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. And so we had to do some family planning together on like, okay, these are the things we can't change. Like, You need a roof over your head. You need food to eat. So mom has to work. You know, Mm -hmm. so some of that we can't change. But here's where we can proactively plan some one-on-one time. And here's some coping mechanisms, how we're going to work through some of those really tough emotions. And here's some communication skills where we practice, like, how do I just ask for quality time Mm -hmm. versus letting it build up? And, you know, then eventually leading to these severe problem behaviors. Mm -hmm. So that kid was hospitalized before he started treatment multiple times Mm -hmm. because of self-harm. And so now it's been well over a year since he's hurt himself. And his relationship with his mom is so much better. So and he's not struggling with depression anymore. So that's a fun story that yeah, that's it makes amazing. me feel good and happy for them. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's so beautiful. And I think that's such a great that is such a great example of understanding it from a behavioral perspective, but really getting down to the into the depression and stuff as well, but having a holistic approach. That's amazing. I'm curious about when you work with parents as well, do you ever or with young people, but do you ever work directly with a parent or are you always with the adolescent? and the parent together.
1: Yeah. So this is another good example of using both. So in addition to my private practice where I do counseling, I also work for an autism ABA company and do parent training for that too. And so today I just met with two parents and I meet with them. Well, they're a married couple and I meet with them like every two to three weeks or so and the entire conversation today was about mom's mental health she's Hmm. not following through with behavior plans and she's really reinforcing some pretty serious problem behaviors and and she talked about in session today how she gets so depressed and that like depletes her energy level her motivation and so that's why she's not following through Hmm. So we made an entire mental health plan for mom on how to treat hmm. her depression in order to, you know, equip her better to follow the behavior plan.
0: Hmm. So. That is amazing. That's really cool that you have that flexibility to be able to support the parent because, you know, it's so true. If she's not able to carry through, then there's no moving ahead. And so... Supporting her right. is really supporting the child as well. So totally. That yeah, and in this fantastic. situation,
1: the mom didn't need more parent education on like yeah. the right way to respond. Like she knew, yeah. she knew what yeah. she was supposed to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, so. it's really just taking care of her, really, you know, or like finding what she needs for support. That's right. incredible. Very cool. I guess another good reason to have that mental health training along with the behavior component. Very cool. So before we wrap up, I just had a couple other questions for you. So just a few quick questions with some, potentially some advice or some, some tips. So what is the best advice you've received before?
1: You know what? This has stuck with me Ever since this person told me, I did an internship at a sexual abuse center, Mm -hmm. and I asked the counselor, I'm like, how do you not get burned out? Like, how does this not just, like, crush you? Mm -hmm. And she talked about how, like, she's like, I've always known that, like, horrible, horrible things have happened in the world, but now I get to be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I hear these heartbreaking stories every day, but I feel really good that I'm part of what's healing those people. Hmm. And so that has just really stuck with me mm-hmm. and has helped me like cope when I hear some of these like really heartbreaking situations mm-hmm. that are just super traumatic. And so, so yeah, yeah,
0: I don't yeah that's definitely helpful. And both are practitioners and maybe parents too, you know, when they're in those tough situations, mm-hmm. you know, kind of reorienting to, I'm going to be part of, I want to be part of the the solution here. That's yeah. great advice. How about an internet resource of some sort? Is there a website or a webinar you've done or anything that you'd like to recommend to families?
1: Sure. Yeah. I have a couple webinars that if you go to dot okay. um, you can access them. I also have a book I wrote, autism and depression, and that's meant for the, um, It can be read by the person themselves or a parent can go through Mm -hmm. it with their child. So that's meant to be like super user-friendly. My ACT training, I have a webinar that you can purchase and just watch in your own time that teaches some of those emotional regulation skills and different things like that to help with mental health stuff too. So yeah, revitalized Counseling. Services.com is where you can find all those resources.
0: Awesome. And I will definitely link that in our show notes. Would that last one, the ACT training, also be applicable to parents? Like yeah, yeah. It's designed so, for? Okay.
1: So it's designed for therapists, but the principles apply um, mm-hmm. as well to parents. So it'd be awesome. super easy to translate it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Great. And I guess my last question is going to be, is there a book that you'd recommend? I guess you mentioned your one about autism and depression, which sounds so useful if that's something that an individual can do or a parent and an individual. Are there any other books that you wanted to mention that could be helpful for both that mental health and behavioral component?
1: Sure. There's a ton of ACT workbooks that if you Mm. just search ACT for adolescents or Act for Anxiety. There's some really, really good books that Mm -hmm. just walk you through how to treat that. And Mm -hmm. so that's something parents could do with kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and help them through that mental health stuff in a behavior analytic, consistent way. So,
0: okay. And specifically, I guess, workbook would be the key thing there. So it's for the client geared towards the client, the young person. Awesome. Yes.
1: So if I would go to Amazon and just type in act workbook." for adolescence or
0: something like mm-hmm. that. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Katie. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to mention to listeners about anything new coming up for you? I will certainly link your social media account in the notes as well. Is there anything else you wanted to mention?
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I have a book coming out really soon. It's called wow. ABA Terms Applied to Your Life. Okay. And so it, it goes through all the ABA terms in the Cooper book, which is like the BCBA Bible. Right. And so yeah. it has their technical definition that's like super jargony. And then it has a relatable example that's hmm. just everyday language and then like goofy visuals and stuff like that. So you can see like how ABA applies to everyday life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so like ABA is so well known for like just autism part of the reason I wanted to write that book was to help people see like we are living and breathing ABA every day Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. this is kind of how it impacts
0: you yeah awesome wow that is so exciting congratulations on that imminent publishing how soon is it coming out like is there a link that I could post about that
1: not yet they haven't given us the official date yet so I'm guessing that'll be out in six months
0: okay awesome very exciting well congratulations cool well thank you so much Katie it's been a pleasure speaking with you I really appreciate you sharing your insights in this really unique area that you're in and I think those are some really great examples and hopefully I could definitely see some of those anecdotes resonating with listeners especially that you serve adolescent clients and where that intersection of mental health comes in so thank you so much I really appreciate it yeah, you bet. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good evening. The comments and views expressed in this podcast do not constitute or replace contractual behavior analytic consultation or professional advice. Views expressed are solely the perspective of the speaker and do not represent the views or position of their colleagues, employer, or other associates. Please seek at a behavior analyst through the BACB website if you would like to receive further behavior consultation.